Listen, this is Jesse West, and I'm here at the Producers Podcast, hanging out with my brother, the great Crazy Drazy. Hey, yo, yo, what's good, y'all? You already know it's your man, Crazy to the Drazy Diggity Dos Effects. I'm back with another one, and this one is a special one because this is my Mizan. Me and him go bidak to the beginning from when I jumped in the game, all right? This brother right here, yo, he's original hitman, bad boy, cloth. He's worked with Karis One, Mary J. He's like this with Biggie, God bless the dead. Yo, none other than my man, one of the best rappers I ever came across, and one of the men that I didn't even know he was a producer, and I'm still mad at him. My brother from another mother, Jess Wes. What up, Wes? What's up, what's up? How y'all, how y'all? What up, son? Yeah, good. It's good. It's good to be here with you, man. You, you back. We go, we go way, way back, man. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy how um we just ran into each other. We were at the verses, and I seen you at the verses. We was chopping it up, and then out of nowhere, your man you was with was like, Oh yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know, West did step into a world for Chris. I'm like, wait, what? What? Come on, son. <laughs> Come on, son. Wes, I know you from 92 when I came in the game. And yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm just going to fill people in. Me and you first men, you're going to remember. You probably remember better than me. But we met when I first, when I was just a youngin in the game. I was still under EPMD. And somehow, for some way, we met. And you was lacing me in school with the craziest, craziest rap. I have ever heard. You was giving us tapes, tapes, tapes. Yeah. I think we wanted to sign you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and uh well, well y'all actually y'all took me to Parish and Parish was trying to sign, you know. But okay. you know, the first tour I went on, man, y'all took me on tour. When we went on the hit squad tour. That was the first tour I had, had ever been on. You know what whoa, I'm saying? Yeah. Whoa. I, you know, it's crazy how we meant because y'all had just dropped Dots, y'all had just dropped they were in effects. Okay. And it was blowing up. It was it was it was gaining a lot of momentum. And y'all was on the um Y'all was on the, the the DJ Hank Love show. I think it was Hank Love or one of them, one of them little AM, uh, PM, one of the little FM stations. And we, I, we, were, we were listening to y'all interview and I was with my man that was down with me for Third Eye. And I was telling the story of how when I, you know, because you know, you know, I was, well, y'all knew me from my No Prisoners album. That's how I Right, right, right. Which, which you dropped, you dropped that in 1989 or whatever. I just got to right, let people right. know you, you've been out. You was, you was doing your thing on Motown. Mm -hmm. You had your No Prisoners. You was rocking. Go ahead. Right. So I was telling my man that I said, yo, I remember like Hank Love show was a show where people would call in and be disrespectful. And so I was telling, you know, the story about how I was on Hank Love show and somebody called in and was just real disrespectful. So my man at the time was like, he said, yo, man, we should call in and ask them, you know, he wanted to play a joke on you. He said, we should call in and ask them what the fuck they talking about with that riggedy riggedy shit, right? Okay, and I, okay. I, I said, I said, word, okay, bet. So I got on the phone and I called and, and they had me on hold. And while I was on hold, I said to myself, I said, I'm not gonna disrespect these brothers, man. Well, you know, for what? I ain't got no reason to do that, man. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I like the visuals. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna actually talk to the brothers. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So a blitz. I didn't know at the time a blitz answered the call. So I was like, yo, I want, you know, I want to talk to Dossie Facts. And he was like, yo, they in the studio now with Hank. 
they can't talk, right? So I was like, all right, yo, you know what? I wanna, I wanna leave a shout out for um for DJ Hank Love. And he was like, okay, he, I said, you taking shout outs? And he was like, yeah. I said, tell him, tell Hank Love what's up from Jesse West. So Blitz is writing it down. He's like, he said, okay, shout out from Jesse West. He said, you're not the one that made that record, by the way, are you right? And I was like, what record are you talking about? He said, no prison. I said, yeah, that's me. He said, oh shit. He said, yo, Drain School, they love your shit, man. They be talking all the time. Yo, he said, yo, they, they, they like you, man. I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, yo, take down my number. And I took down his number. And then the next day I called Blitz. And he was like, yo, we doing a show. I think the, the first show was at NYU. We did a show at NYU. Y'all did a show at NYU and, uh, University. And he was like, yo, listen, this Friday, we doing a show at NYU, man. Come through so you can meet them. And that's the day I met you when I came through and I let you hear the demo. And I remember I gave you, I had a walk, man. I gave it to you and you listened to the demo. Mm. And that's his history, man. We, yo. you know, from then on, mm. bond and relationship, man. Remember, y'all was in the Bronx to see me and all that shit. We, I was going to the house in Long Island. Yeah, we had we had some good times, man. Wes, you bringing back good memories, bro. I, every time man. I see you, I say Wes because I lost that tape. And I tell you, for those who don't know, this brother right here, Just West, is one of the best rappers I have ever heard. And I've heard a lot of rappers. I ain't even gassing, lighting you. Because you know I tell you that all the time, Wes. Right, 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 this right. brother right here, on the rap tip, leave him alone. Leave him alone. And let's get into that, Wes, because you did have that record, No Prisoners, in 89, right? So that, mm -hmm. that was your first intro. Let him know you're from the BX, right? From the Bronx, yeah. Okay, and then yeah. how'd you get into the game like that? I mean, you know, being that I, I grew up in the Bronx, you know, we I grew up in an era where everybody had groups. You know, you know, you had names like the, you know, the Famous Four and High Powered Four and okay. Finesse Four, and you know, so I got into the game like that. I was a member of a group, but then I met a guy. I was in a group called Finesse Four, and uh, he became. I don't know if you ever heard of Preacher Earl, but he became Preacher Earl. But at the, at the time, he was Mellow T. And his mindset was on making records. I had never thought about making records. I was only into like just writing rhymes and routines. Mm. But he wanted to make records. So he kind of got my mindset into making records. And, and through him, he introduced me to a dude that had a drum machine. You know, the, I had seen this dude around the hood, but I never really spoke to him. But through Earl, I went to his house and the dude had a drum machine. And because he had a drum machine, he had a bunch of dudes. He, was, he had a DMX drum machine. And, we, and it was, he had a house full of motherfuckers. Everybody was just focused on this machine. Mm -hmm. And some of the dudes that was there, you know, when they would play beats, I start rhyming. And one of the dudes that was there was the one who eventually got me into making, making music. Because like I was telling, you know, I always tell people all the time, I didn't know any any industry terminology. I didn't know there was producers or anything like that. So I thought that if I once I got my mindset on and, and understanding the possibility that I could really make records, um, I thought that my next move in order for me to facilitate that is I, I gotta learn how to make beats. Because I didn't know you had somebody else that could do the beat for you and you just rhyme. I didn't know that. I thought if you want to make records, you got to learn how to make beats. I thought that was a prerequisite. And so I set my mind, I was so hungry as an MC that mm. that would translated into me making beats. You and I started beats. And then I met, I met eventually 
I met DS, DS, DXD, Grandmates of DXD. Mm -hmm. I met him and through him, I got better acquainted with another friend of mine named Gordon Williams. You know, I know most people know him as Commissioner Gordon. Through DXT, I got a little more intimate relationship with Gordon, who Gordon was the one that ultimately got me in the game, got me signed to Motown back in 89. So, and he's and he worked on most of that album. You know, if you look at the production credits for that, it'll be mostly Gordon Williams. Mm, yeah. You weren't, you weren't, you weren't. Um, comfortable with your own production to do do none of your own stuff yet? Um, well, I did. I did like two tracks on the album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still was just I still was just up and coming. Right. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't feel like I had it to do the whole album, you know. And plus, I had so much respect and trust in his production that you know I just let him do the beats because he was he was more advanced. So he was more advanced than me. So naturally. I just did whatever he did. When he played tracks for me, oh, that shit is hot. I wrote to it, you know, mm, mm, and, mm, mm. and then, you know, so they let me, they let me do two songs on there. And when I listened to them two songs, I could see that I was just starting out, you know, I didn't really, like I had never been in a big studio with an SSL boy. I didn't know none of that at the time. So, and he did. So I let him, you know, do what he did. And by the time, um, by the time we linked up, you had already done something for RZA. I mean, Jizza, right? You had already linked with Jizza when he was still a genius. When he was the genius, I did yeah. the first. I did the first single, "Come Do Me," that came out. Yeah. On because we had the same manager. That's where I met Easy Mo B too. Okay. Because okay. Easy Mo B, Easy Mo B, and his brother LG, they did almost the whole album. The only other producer on that album was me. Right. But the rest of the, the rest of the tracks was Easy Mo B and, and his brother. And um, they, their tracks was incredible. Like, you know, I didn't hear what they did. They just came to me and told me what kind, they wanted a commercial single with some singing in it, uh, you know, R&B-ish, so I just did it. Mm. They paid, and you know, I was happy to do it. But then afterwards they played, they played the rest of the album. And when they played the rest of the album, I was mad. You know, the album was already done. I was mad because, mm. The shit Easy Mo B and his brother was doing was yeah it was the hardest shit I had ever heard at that time. It was it was incredible, you know it was incredible, and yeah. um, you know Mo B from the time he came into the door, the, the the thing that stood out to me the most about him was his sounds, you know he was and he had he just was so unorthodox mm -hmm. because one the day I met him we was in the studio I was mixing Come Do Me and and he was in there doing something else, like he was he was doing something else for the Jizza. And he came to the studio with a cassette and he had them sampling his drums and he had he had snares, kicks and all that on a cassette. And he had them playing the cassette and he was sampling off the cassette. And I thought that shit was bugged. I was like, yo, how is he getting his sounds to sound like this off of a cassette? Mm. No, I, I didn't understand it, man. He was always a, a sound technician. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, we had we had a good relationship with Moby too. He did um, uh, forty in a blunt for us. Right, right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's when we heard Moby working. You know, off the red, get uh, ready to die album. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Who the fuck is this? You know, what I mean, we was like, okay, okay. And speaking of speaking of Big and Moby and all that, I know you had a relationship with Big. 
because um, you you worked with you worked with Hav. Let me slow it up. You worked with Hav, right? And then on on the Heavy G, was it the Blue Funk album? There's a song called "A Bunch of Niggas," and Big is on that record, right? Right. Yeah. And then I've heard you say that you know Big changed your life. Can tell me about your relationship with Big. Well, the reason why I say he changed my life is because when Puffy brought him to me, um, I met I met Big through Puffy. Okay. Uh, Puffy had called me one day and asked me if I still had the recording studio and so forth. And I told him, yeah. And he said, listen, I want to bring this artist that I want to sign. But the problem I have with him is that I don't have a demo. He don't have a demo. And the only way for me to get, convince Andre Harrell to sign him is that Andre got to hear a demo. You know what I'm saying? So if I bring him, could you make a demo for me? And I remember I was saying, get the fuck out of here, man. Who? Who the fuck is about to get a deal mm-hmm. and they have a demo? That's unheard of. Mm-hmm. That's unheard of. It's impossible that this dude is that good mm-hmm. that he could get a, a deal. I'm shopping albums, you know, and, and even I'm shopping albums with Puffy. And he's like, you know, he kept telling me, yo, you want to sell that beat? You know, like I would play him my album and he would go, yo, that song was all right, but what you want to do with that beat? And I always was like, nah, man, this this is this is my shit. Well, I want to yeah. sell it, like almost offended, like yo, yeah. you offending me, man. Like you telling me what I spit is not, you know. But anyway, so I, you know, I was like, bring him, yeah, bring him. Mm. I'm on the meet, bring him. Mm. And so he showed up at the studio. It was it was big, um, Fifty Grand, his DJ Fifty Grand and Mr. C, and you know they told me what they wanted, and I started working on the beat. Now, the thing is, I remember when I opened up the door and they introduced me to him and Biggie Smalls, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing I said to myself, this fat, funny-looking motherfucker, man. <laughs> so now, you know, they from Brooklyn. I'm yeah. From the- and so when I started working on the track, it's like I had a, a, a seat behind me where they were all sitting. It was big, Mr. C, they were all sitting. And I'm turned around here with the keyboard and the drum machine and... Since they was talking, I put the headphones on and started working on the music mm-hmm. and left them alone, you know, and because all in my mind, I'm saying, you know, I want to hear this motherfucker, man. Let me hurry up and make this beat. I want to hear this too. Man. Okay. But I knew what I was about to hear before he even went in the booth because anybody that know Big, Big was hilarious. Like he was, he was a straight comedian. Like comedian. you just... You spend any time you spend with him, he's gonna have you cracking up. He had stories and he was just a comedian. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was times when I was working on the track, but I'm ear hustling mm-hmm. to his conversation, the stories he's telling. And it was times where they didn't even know because I had my back to them that I was cracking up. I was like, yo, this nigga crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, the shit he was saying. I was and I was like, damn, he he must gonna be crazy because his stories is hilarious. Mm. He went in the booth and it was one take, 60 bars, 60 bars, one take. He didn't know where the hook was and all that because um, I just let him go. When he went in the booth, counted him in and then he just went, 60 bars, nonstop. And when he was done, I was stunned because I was like, I never heard nothing like this in my life, the way he was. And 
it almost made me feel like I started thinking about Puffy. I started thinking about how Puffy, because by then Puffy was telling me, yo, man, with your production, you can make a lot of money. I don't want to say don't want to sell beats because I didn't want to I didn't want to make beats for nobody else. You you still doing you still on your rom kick. And you still using the beats for you, of course. For me, you know, that's I only make beats. So I don't I'm not interested in making beats for nobody else, you know. Mm-hmm. You let Ron can never do all that shit. Pete Ron can't rhyme. You know, that was my yeah. my attitude. You know, yeah. they not on my level. Yeah. And um so after while I'm listening to the 60 bar verse, I'm thinking to myself, I can't compete with dudes like this. Just immediately. I was like, I can't compete with dudes like this. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Maybe I might have to give this rap shit up. That's how he made me feel right there. And that was before the end of the verse. That was by the 40th bar. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the 40th. By the 40th bar, I was like, this oh, is crazy. Okay. If this generation because you got to remember he was 18 years old okay i still was i was only about 21 myself but he was 18 and i was like yo i have been doing it so long already so now you ask me why i say he changed my life when they left they left me in the studio with the reels and i kept over and over again i kept just kept playing it over and over again i kept playing it over and over again and i started analyzing what he was doing and what stood out to me is that he, to me, Biggie was more concerned with saying what he felt like saying, and he didn't care about patterns. He didn't care if it rhymed. Mm. You know, like mm. you, 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 he didn't care if he said it the same rhyme twice. Mm. You know, like if you take, if you take a perfect song, if you take um, "Unbelievable," for instance, mm. right? The way he starts off. Live from Beth to Star the Sun, the liveest one. one. Represent BK to the, to fullest. the fullest. That's two bars. Nothing it, rhymed. I'm with you, Wes. Nothing rhymed. Nothing rhymed. But he made, but he did in his mind, he did rhyme because he made live from Beth to Star the Sun, the liveest one. Represent BK to the fullest. That's a pullet. Bastards ducking with big B bucking, chicken heads be clucking in my back for fucking. He rhymed. Wherever it was convenient to rhyme, mm-hmm. no. Whereas mm-hmm. before I heard him, mm-hmm. I rhymed in a box. Me too. You know what I'm saying? So if I was mm-hmm. like, so I came in the house, they took off my coat. Now I need something to rhyme with coat. Right. Or it's not a rhyme at all. So when I was reading him, when I was listening to him, I was like, not only did he not care about patterns or rhyming his expression he's whatever he said he wanted to say it he was saying you know what i'm saying so i went home i left the studio locked the studio up and i went home and i picked up a pen and paper and i said you know what i'm gonna write and i'm gonna write the same way this brother write like i'm not i don't give a fuck about no rhyming i just want to say it the way I want to say, mm. I'm just gonna say it. And if I can't rhyme on that line, I'll rhyme the next line. Mm. You know? And 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 that was the song. Can I get some? I don't know if you mm. remember that song from the demo. Mm-hmm. The one, the one Eric Sermon used to he was asking me, "Yo, did you use jam on the groove and then all that?" And I, mm. that was dum dum dum. Can I get some? Mm. And one that that now you got to remember, I met Craig Mack through y'all. He was your roadie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so. 
that can I get some became can I get down, get on down, get on down. That was tell him, tell him West, tell him, tell him West. It's, it, remember Craig Rack had a song. It's like that, y'all. It's like that, y'all. That came from here we go, y'all. Here we here we go, y'all. That's Craig, you too. Well, he told me, he said, yo, when I came on that tour bus and I heard your demo, that was the final piece of the puzzle that I needed, mm. you know, for me to start my transformation. He told me that, you know, um, but it was that first song. Can I get some? And I went, I ran, I woke up in the morning and I remember looking at what I wrote and I was like, damn, I can't really figure this out right now, but let me go to the studio and I'll figure it out because it was the first time I had wrote like that and uh, I recorded it. And so that the end of that week is when Puffy brought Heavy D to the studio for me for me to play beats for the Blue Funk album. So, you know, Hav and all of them was there and I was playing beats. And you know, back in the days you had dats. So I would full the dat up as I make songs, I just put them on the dat in the order that I made them. So I might do a demo, then do a beat, then just do another beat, then do another demo, just do a beat. They were all just being succession on the deck. So I'm, I'm listen, looking for beats to play for head. And then I got to that song and I pressed play because after I recorded it, I was like, yo, this shit is different. This shit is, it's like I'm on some new shit now. And so when Puff was there, I played it on purpose for like 10 seconds mm. to make sure he was listening. And you know, cause he was talking and then I seen he was listening, you know, he was going with his face and shit. And then I stopped, went to the next beat when I played the beat and shit. So Puff was like, you know, Hev was like, I'll take that beat. It was the bunch of niggas beat, I played yeah. that beat. Yeah. Hev, I'm gonna take that beat, right? And then Puff said, yeah, 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 we gonna take that. He said, but what about the nigga rhyming that was rhyming a little while ago that you ain't wanna let me hear? And I said, that was me. And he mm -hmm. was like, that and I was like, yeah, he said, let me hear that shit. And I played it for him, right? Mm. And when it went off, he put his arm around me and was like, yo, come on, Sal, let me talk to you, man. And right then and there, he said, listen, man, can you do four more songs like this? And I was like, sure. He said, yo, you do four more songs like this, man, and you got a deal. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean I got a deal? He was like, yo, I got this idea, Bad Boy Records. This took me through the whole story, you know, and I, I, I've been waiting for an opportunity to launch it, but I needed someone like you. So now I see you a triple threat. You make beats and you rhyme like that. You can do four songs like that. He said, this is this is because he already had the formula on starting a label, but having the in-house staff. And he told me that's what he was waiting for. He was waiting for to have my own producer that's in-house. And then plus you can rhyme and you know, and I want to sign you, you know, your, your group third eye. And you know, before that, like I said, before that, I had played two albums for for Puff that he was he just was saying, yo, you know, you're getting a little better with the rhyming, but the beats, you're getting nice with the beats. How'd you originally meet Puff? Um, he introduced himself to me when he was an intern and uh, because I was on Motown. And Motown was we shared the same office because it was both distributed by MCA. Okay. So we both shared an office. Like you could okay. walk from Motown right across over to Uptown. Okay. And I had the record out at Uptown and he just introduced himself to me one day. Mm. You know, mm. uh, and, and then I then he was doing parties. And right. after okay. he introduced himself to me, I think the next time I saw him, I rolled up, but he was, I think he was doing something at, uh, 
it was the red something. He had a night there, industry night there, red something. I forgot what it's called, but I know it had red in the name. And I rolled up, maybe red carpet or some shit it was called. And I rolled up and he was at the door. And when he seen me, he let me in. He was like, oh shit, Jesse was coming. And so that kept me in his mind. And then when, once he became the youngest A&R, he was the youngest A&R mm. at 22. Once he became the youngest A&R, I gravitated to him because I was thinking that he can understand hip hop because all the other major like yeah. they ain't on still 35, 36. And we looked at them like they too old. They don't know this music. Yeah. And then when, you know, and I, it wasn't like he was always on my mind, but they had it in Billboard. You know, I used to buy a Billboard and I opened it up and it was like Sean Combs, youngest A&R at 22. Yeah. And that made me call him. I remember that date as soon as I seen it, I called Uptown and was like, yo, can I, can I speak to Sean Combs? And he was like, who's this? And, and then he picked up. You know what I'm saying? And his his attitude, he used to always tell me, yo, anything you do, I got an open door, man. Anything you do, just call, you know, my door is open. Mm. And so as I kept making demos, then, you know, I, I did the, I did the Motown picked up my option for the second album. Mm. I recorded, did songs with, with RZA, Jizza, Fat Doug, uh, one of the last poets. It was a dope album. Mm. And so when they, when they decided to drop me, I still had the album and I remember I took it to Puffy, let him hear the album. And again, he was like, well, this is not what up, this is not what we doing here at Uptown, but who did the beats? And I was like, I did all the beats. And he was like, yo, you want to sell some of them? And I'm like, no, nah, this is my shit, I'm shopping. You ain't interested, whatever. But then I started Third Eye. I called him Puff, I got a group now. He was like, where you got a group? I said, yeah, it's three of us, we called Third Eye. He was like, damn, that sound dope. I said, we got like nine songs. He was like, nine songs, bring them down. Mm. Went down, played them the nine songs. And he was like, y'all sound good together. You know, telling me this shit, y'all sound good together. Y'all plays off each other. And he said, you getting a little better as an MC. And I'm, you know, my ego, yeah, I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm like, nigga, I'm playing this shit. <laughs> I'm going into barbershops playing this shit, man. And they, they rocking Losing their mind, right. Yeah, they rocking with me. You know, and you telling me, I'm just, all right, whatever. And then again, he goes, I buy that beat from you and shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nah, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yo, I don't understand why you don't want to sell these beats. You know, you you can make more. Understand mm -hmm. it's your demo, but make make new ones. Yeah. Some better demos. You're not going to record no more songs. You know, by the time, you know, you you turn around, he was just telling me and I still was like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not with that. So, Right after he brought Biggie to me, he had called me and he was like, yo, um, I'm listening to this demo. It was one of the original, because what you heard was Third Eye after Biggie. When I met you and all those Third Eye songs that we mm -hmm. was on the tour bus. Like I remember I woke up on the tour bus and I woke up and it was Redman, K-Solo, EPMD, DOS Effects, all in a circle on the table listening to my shit. That's right. And it was real. I woke up like, Oh I'm shit! Redman, Redman, the only one. Redman, the only one that used to tell me, "Nigga, you the shit, nigga. You that next nigga, you know." But I'm that next nigga too. I bust. <laughs> Redman told me that shit, and I had, I had just met him when I went out on tour. I had just met yeah, him. Yeah. But he came up to me. It was just me and him. Redman was like. Nigga, you, you shit. It was, it was kind of after they was all listening to that shit. Cause I remember I got up and sat down while everybody was listening to shit. And I, it was, it was crazy. I was like, damn, everybody, nobody was feeling my shit like that before except Kid Capri. 
You know what okay. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and Kid Capri and, and Cool G Rap. Those are the only of my peers that had ever come up to me pre-Biggie that told me, you know, you got something. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, nobody else ever came. I don't care what nobody say, man. I'm the one that brought you to the squad and I'm the one that put you on to them niggas. And, and, by the way, and by the way, Red is my man, but I don't know, Wes. I don't think, I don't think, I don't Not think Red can hang, bro. I don't think Red can hang. Red was dangerous, but ease up. What's that all about? Why are you trying to play? Th- Come on, man. I don't know, man. Red, Red, Red man, Red man, I just... I respected the way that he did, yo, he didn't give a fuck. That motherfucker right. came up. I remember it was, it was, we was on the tour bus and he was coming this way and I was coming this way and he stopped and he was like, and you know, he used to have shit up his nose and yeah. you know, out his mouth. <laughs> yeah. he, was like, he was like, he said, yeah, Jesse West. Man, nigga, you that nigga, you that nigga, you that nigga. I ain't gonna lie. He said, but I'm that nigga too. I bust your ass and shit. Mm, I, mm, but mm, I said, okay. Mm. Wes, you know? you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Cause from that tour, um, you and 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 Craig Mack end up running with Puff. You know what I'm saying? Well, well Craig Mack ended up running with Puff because I left. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm gonna tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Alvin, the brother Alvin. Right. You know, um, rest in peace. You know what right. I'm saying? What was his EP- name? Alvin. Alvin Tony, EPMD's bodyguard. T- yeah. Right. Alvin Tony was managing Craig Mack, so right. one day. One day, um, I was in the office with Puff, and Alvin came to play Craig Mack's demo. Mm-hmm. And me and Puff sat there while they played and shit. You know, Puff had used to have the loud system, played it loud, went went through about five or six songs, right? And Puff was like, "Yeah, that shit was dope. That shit was dope." Al, you know, let me hold on to this. Let me listen to it, live with it a couple of days, and I'll get back to you. And, you know, Alvin was like, you know, was, was like bad. Craig wasn't there, it was just Alvin and shit. And he was like, all right, bad, and he left. As soon as the fucking door closed, boom, Puff looked said, see, that's why I told you fucking with them hit squad motherfuckers, B. Did you go out with them hit squad motherfuckers and look at this nigga that stole your whole shit. This nigga, done, this nigga is you. He just stole your whole shit. And I was like, I said, yeah, man, I, I mean, I know, I mean, I know, but, we coming out first, man, fuck them. He was like, but I told you. Because Buff used to tell me, you know, just keeping it real, he used to tell me, don't go around half. He said, because if you go around half, he said, half is the master at that shit. He said, and he's heavy D. You keep going around him, playing your shit for him. He going to steal your shit and you ain't gonna be able to do nothing about it because he's heavy D. He gonna, he gonna listen to your shit and he gonna have a record out doing your shit next week. You know, and I said, but you ain't on. You gonna allow that shit? He said, this fucking heavy D. I can't stop that shit. That motherfucker put out records when he want. I'm telling you, don't do it. And then, so that was just a an extension of that. He was like, yo, I told you don't go around and hit squad niggas. I told you. Look, this nigga done stole your whole shit. And I was like, man, fuck, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody could touch you anyway. Wes, you had a whole different... Even to the... Craig Mack, I never once... Heard Craig and thought of you. Now I did hear Hev and thought of you though. I did hear some Hev shit and like, yeah, that sound like Wes right there, man. You had that style, bro. You had that delivery. You had that style. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Um, Biggie didn't want to come and sound like you. But but hold up. When when so you run it with Puff. When does he make you official hitman? Like when do you want it from the, that day? 
Okay. From that day, when I played, from that day in the studio, when I played that, and he put his arm around me and right. brought me outside okay. to talk. From that day, I was with him every day from that day. Okay. You know okay. And, and, and what's one of the first joints you did with him? Because I know you did um Biggie. I got the hot shit in nine and in like '91. You did one of them joints with Big. That was the original first Biggie recording. The first Biggie recording was Biggie got the hype shit, mm -hmm. and that was me, Puff, me, Puff, me and Puff doing the hook. Because like I told you, he had a sixty bar verse, and I was like, I said, Yo, he was like, How was that? I said, Yo, I. That shit was crazy. I never heard nothing like it, brother. I ain't gonna even lie to you, man. But you need to break it up. And he was like, oh. what do you mean break it up? I was like, it need, a, it need a hook. And he was like, a hook? I said, yeah, like, and I played it. And I said, like, you can stop right here. And then we come up with some kind of hook and shit. And I remember he was like, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. I don't want to break up the flow. It's supposed to just flow. And I said, okay, hold on. And I went outside, the, you know, Puff was outside arguing. He was arguing with Misa and shit. I went outside and I was like, I said, Puff, um, they, you know, he did with me, and then he turned around. He said, how to sound? I said, yo, that shit is crazy. I said, that dude, he was like, yo, he's dope, right? I was like, yo, he's crazy. And, and I said, but it's 60 bars, it need a hook. He don't want to break it down in the hook. And then Puff came in and convinced him, this is what mm -hmm. we do. And then, you know, we sat there and was like, yo, let's come up with a hook. Puffy came up with Biggie got the hype shit. He was like, all right, fuck it. And we went and did it. You know, we went in the booth and did it and shit. Uh -huh. And that, that was perfect. So I did, he would put me and Big in the studio all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, the lot of songs that we recorded that, um, you know, it was just in a vault somewhere, I don't know. And some of the songs that I did, once I left, they just, they just got other producers to do it. They took my tracks off and it's the same song, songs like, um, was one of the songs. Um, I believe Machine Gun Funk was one of the songs that I originally did with Big. Um, and then there was a few other songs that I can't think of offhand. I think um, You're Dead Wrong was another song that we originally did. Um, oh. And it was a song called Niggas that, that, um, that 50 used. We the realest niggas. Mm. Yeah, G, my nigga, that song he came out with. Yeah. That song went, that song went number one too with Billboard. But, um, that was an original song I did. That's why when, when 50 got a hold of the acapella, my vocals was still on it. So when he, when he eventually put out the song with him and Biggie, my vocals was, was on the song. You know, they had to pay me for that. But for sure. you know, my vocals was on there because um, well, I originally recorded with Big, you know, and I went in and, and, did, it, and did the vocals. I came up with an idea because I was telling him, this remind me of Last Poets. And he was like, well, go in there and do some Last Poets shit. And that's why on the song you get, you niggas understand, mm. nigga, mm. up against the wall. So I went in there and was doing all of that shit. And it's and I guess when they made the acapella, they kept those vocals on it. And so, 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 so Wes, um, do you do you do like Dolly, my baby? You obviously do that before you leave. Those type of because I wanted to, you know, obviously talk about the remixes you were doing over there with Mary and them. So you leave after you do the remixes. What do you mean, Lee? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, left Bad Boy and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. after that. Okay, I didn't do okay. it. Since I, left, since I left Bad Boy, the only thing I did for months, it was just official where me and him had an understanding that I wasn't going to be working with him no more. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I did the song with Biggie, Stretch, and Tupac. I did that. I did that. I produced that track. 
Mm-hmm. So that was the only thing that he wanted me to finish after I left. He was like, yo, could you at least come and finish that track? And I can't- what's the name, what, And what's the name of that one? House of Pain. House of Pain. Yeah. Okay. And the deep thing about it is the order that they rhymed was the order that they were, the three of them were murdered in drive-by shootings in the same order that they rhymed and shit. You know what I'm saying? Stretch went first, Pop went second, and then Biggie went last shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we got to go back and listen to that joint. Now, yeah. now that joint is even crazier. They went and did a remix when they put it out years later after both of them died. Mm. So you got to find the original, but it's on YouTube. The yeah, a lot of those joints, that's what I'm saying. A lot of those joints are crazy hard to find, bro. You know, and a lot of them credits, you you can't even, because it was one of those things where credits, credits, who's getting credit? You know what I mean? So it's one of those that joints are just floating around. You lucky to find out you think Puff did it. You know, a lot of those joints, you know, but when you, cause when you popped up in 90, in, in 93, I think Dolly, I'm like, I didn't even really know you was rocking with Puff like that. And I said, oh shit, what's over there with Puff? Okay. And then I started hearing like, yeah, he produced, bro. He produced. I'm like, he does. Now I got to tell the memory, Wes. So you might've even told me you was doing the tracks with, when you was playing us the third eye joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, I, I told you that I was fucking with Puff. Um, I had already did Dolly My Baby when we went out on tour because uh, what happened, because remember my man Roland, you know, rest in peace, he died and shit. But remember I had my man with us when we went on tour. Mm-hmm. But my man, you know, I don't know if it was Paris scheming. He was scheming. So my man was enamored by Paris. And I remember we were out for a month. And I remember every time we go to a different city and we in the hotel and we start moving around, seeing where everybody was at. Whenever I would go to Paris room, my man would be in the room with him. Mm. You know, and we had our own rooms. And I didn't, you know, once I went in my room, I didn't know what he was doing. Mm. And I would we find Eric Sermon's room. Let me find yeah. Drake. Yeah. Me, where, where Parrish is at? He's in that room. And then I go knock on Parrish's door and he let me in and shit. And my man Roland would be in there with him. You know, doing whatever they do. Roland would be smoking his weed. So I just thought it was cool that they gelling like that. Mm-hmm. But when we came home from tour, my man Roland, as soon as we got home, like that first week, he came to me and told me, listen, man, I'm rolling with Parrish. And I was like, you doing what? And he was like, I'm rolling with Parrish. I said, we not rolling with Parrish, we, we, we rolling with Puff. Mm. And he's like, no, you rolling with Puff. I'm rolling with Parrish. And I was like, what? So I called Parrish, I said, yo Parrish, my man just left here and told me that he rolling with you. And Parrish was like, yeah, yeah, he rolling with me. I said, how the fuck is that possible? I said, yo, you, you gonna sign him? And he was, and Parrish told me, I told you I wanted this third eye shit. So no, it's all business. I'm trying to get this third eye shit however possible. I said, but you breaking up my you breaking up my group. He was like, yo, it's just business, strictly business. You hit me with that. Strictly business. You know, they model. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, so I didn't fuck with my man no more. And he was on the Super Cat remix. That's how I know it was, I had did that before we, you know, before we started really fucking with each other. He was on the Super Cat remix. And when I went and told Puff that he bounced and went with Parrish, Puff cut him off the track. Cut him off the track. Keep me yeah. at the Super Cat remix, though. Talk, mm-hmm. talk to me. Talk, talk, talk to me about the Super Cat remix. 
how'd you come about doing it and you know the whole mix with puff and all that well puffy what puffy used to do right and a lot of people don't give him credit for it i give him credit he used to first of all he was he was getting the work he was the businessman getting the projects yeah but we get the projects and he would have ideas and he would just tell me as a producer mm. you know this is the idea so when he came to me for the super cat remix he was like yo we're going to do this this super cat remix and he said and i want you what i want you to do is i want you to take the uh the pointer sisters yes we can can and do something like off of that mm. i said all right cool so we went in the studio and did it and you know it was slow the shit was slow and the yes we can can was slow and i remember cat came to the studio and you know, he wasn't enthusiastic about it. Oh, yeah. I wasn't enthusiastic about it, but I was just doing with, you know, that's the way we were working. Yeah. He would tell me what to do, and I'd just go loop it up and put some drums to it. It was his idea. Um, so when Supercat left that night, it was just me and Puff listening to it. And he, you know, Puff was like, you, you don't seem too enthusiastic about it. I was like, you know, it's okay, man. And, that's all right, man. I would have did something different. Mm. And he, well, what you would have done? I said, I would have put LL Cool J 1900 to it. Mm. And he was like, 1900, 1900. I said, you don't remember uh, LL had the 1900. Think, 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 think. Hello. Think, 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 think. And he was like, yo, bet. I said, but I know the original that mm. they sampled for LL. I, I would do some new shit. And so that way we don't have to sample LL. But that's a whole, you know, because we sample LL, we're going to have to, we're going to have to already know. And Herbie Hancock. You already know. If you let me do it my way, we only going to have to clear Herbie Hancock. So he said, all right, you go ahead and do it. You know, we'll see what you do. So I did it. And another thing too, um, when I was working on it, it's still, because we were just locking the music to his vocals. And the original song is slow. So even when I put the watermelon man to it, it was real slow. And I remember Cat came in the studio and I was like, I said, yo, Cat, can you do your vocals over? And he was like, sure. Like, you know, why you want me to do it over? I said, because I want to speed it up. I want to speed it up to make it so that it's danceable, that it's in the club. Right now it's too slow. Mm. If, you know, we can't use these vocals. You got to do new vocals. And he was like, okay, well, just speed it up to the speed you want to do it. And I'll go in the vote, I'll go in the booth and do it. So I had to speed everything up. You know, I sped the whole track up. When he came in, he came in, he was listening to it, and he just right there, he started doing it. And I was like, yeah, 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 get, put the mic on, let him go in there and do it. So he went and did his uh, did a whole new vocal for the remix. He did it. Puff came to the studio. Puff was like, yo, is this? he was like, <laughs> right. this is crazy. And I was like, yo, I had him. I sped it up and had him do the vocals over. And he was like, yo, this shit is, he was like, you know, good job. Mm. So now we mixing. And then he came to me and he was like, he said, yo, he came to me all excited. He said, yo, what you think about you big, you and big and rolling, rhyming on this track, you know what I'm saying? And I remember I said, why? He was like, you don't think that should be a dope idea? I was like, Nah, man, I don't want to rhyme on this shit. For what? Like, you know, what, what the fuck? He was like, yo, you don't think that shit be crazy? Mm. I said, yo, I don't. 
I mean, it's not the type of beat that I'm used to rhyming on. It's not, you know, it's what I'm telling them. It's not the shit that I rhyme on, right? And he was like, what? You could, you, it's, you, it's not the type of shit that you rhyming on. And he told the engineer, he said, yo, play the track. He said, play the track. He said, play the track. He was playing, right? And he said, Wes, imagine. He said, imagine some gunshots and shit, right? And then when the beat dropped, you come in with that shit you be doing. Yo, play the track. When it came to the track, he was looking at me and he said, like right here, you come in right here. Ring, ring. Right? And I looked at him and I went, said to the engineer, give me a pen and paper. Oh, yeah. I said, Puff, that shit was dope. Give me a pen and paper. But I didn't remember that he said, ring, ring. So when I wrote it, I said, bling, bling. Hold on. I got to let them hear. This is, hold on. Can you hear this? I just had to let the world hear that because bling bling, I'm glad you poured it up. You got credit for being one of the first dudes to say bling bling on the record. And it, and I don't know if it's true or not, but talk it to is, me. It is, okay. it is true. Talk to now, me. Little Wayne, Little Wayne, obviously, he made it a household. He made it a, he made it worldwide. Yeah. Okay. And he made it refer to jury. You know, but diamond. you was on some other shit. Go ahead. Well, when I wrote it, my concept was that it, it had the same content like like mm. the, the same undertones like bling bling like you're blinded mm. you know blinding you but in my mind i was the diamond mm. you was blinded by just my presence as soon as i walk in the room bling mm. bling that's why i say who's that mm. because it's like oh shit who's that that's why it came along like that so you know he made it famous absolutely mm. you know he made it Worldwide, and and I, he he deserved credit for that. So you write the, so you write in your verse, and then what happens? You go in and Puff is like, write my my verse too. Talk to me. Yeah. So after I did my part, and if you listen to the track, you can hear Roland for a split second. Mm -hmm. And like I did, uh, just for a sidebar, mm -hmm. if he would have kept Roland on the track, everybody would have been talking about Roland. You know what I'm saying? Because he killed it. Yeah. And I. I had a copy, somebody got a copy of it. He he killed it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He killed it. Like, like he 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 manhandled that track. You know, if he would have stayed on the track, everybody would have been talking about his part. His part. Well, you know, well everybody was talking about your part, Wes. We already know because you murdered that track. I don't even think yeah. Big was fucking with you on that track. And I'm gonna keep it a well, stack Big, with you. Yeah, Big told me, Big, Biggie told me. He said, Wes, you got it on that, that super cab. <laughs> you already it. know. You got it. He said, you got it, boy. Yo, listen, the next time you and I are on the track, yeah. bring your day, nigga. He okay. told me that. He said, game day, nigga, because, you know, even though I love you, you know, I'm going to bust your ass. Don't play with me, man. You get on the track. Because that used to be our thing. Because, you know, mm. we used to be sitting around in the studio. And he was like, yo, such and such called me. They want me to rhyme on the track with him. And Big would be like, yeah, I'm going to go do it. The money's right. I'm going to go do it. But. That nigga better come correct, man. I'm busting his ass. I'm busting his ass. And I used to be like, yo, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know why these niggas is want you on the track with them. You know, they, 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 they're killing themselves. Wes, you know, do you do you write, do you write Puff's part that night too? Yeah. 
Because okay. after, after I did my part, Rolling did his part. And then when I came, you know, I, I was sitting, while Rolling was in the booth recording his part, I was at the control room sitting with Puff, and Puff was like, yo, I want to get on this shit, man. Write something for me. Mm. And I was like, all right, bet. So, I, you know, I wrote, mm. wrote the part. And I went and laid it down and shit. You know what I'm saying? I went and laid it. And then I left. Okay. Because, you, you know, I had been up and, and, I, and, and he booked a room for me at the Marriott so I could just go over there and sleep and then okay. come back. And I went and slept. And when I came back, his part was done. Mary's was done. No, as a matter of fact, I stayed until Mary came because I wanted to meet Mary. Mm -hmm. And in the studio, I stayed and chat with her for a while. Then I went to the hotel. And then when I came back, so I wasn't there when she did her part. I wasn't there when Biggie did his part. Um, and I wasn't there when Puffy did his part. By the time I slept and came back, all of that shit was recorded already. And Puffy was sitting down with the engineer. They was already mixing the song when I walked in. You know, I just sat down. I mean, Puffy had did all of the drops and all that shit already and sounds in and out. And, you know, he did all of that, you know? So that's why when I saw the credits and it said remix by both of us, I didn't have a problem with it because it was, you know what I'm saying? was your, your camera went out Wes yeah because this motherfucker, this motherfucker here man excuse my language man <laughs> you're good yeah yo Wes I want to segue right there you meet Mary and because obviously you do some remixes for her you do the 411 and you do reminisce with Biggie on it again and you use no, that's still smooth reminisce no no Yo, no, no, no. I'm talking about um, 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 four one one joint, right? No, Am I, I didn't wrong? Four one one. I didn't do that. Which which one? I did reminisce. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. So is that is that? Go ahead, talk to me. Yeah, that was another one. See, this the thing with that is that um, the studio I used to work in. I used to work in the studio with Tony Dofat, right? Okay. And Tony Dofat to me was such a dope producer. He was always intimidating to me because he did R&B. I didn't do R&B at the time. Okay. And he did R&B and I thought he was really good at it. And uh, But then he could still foray into hip hop shit, you know? So to me, it was like he could do both because he was his hip hop tracks that he used to do was dope, but but then he had R&B and I could only do hip hop. So I was okay. a little by him. And we had like a little competition and it was a little ego involved because he had seniority to me in the studio. So if I was in the studio working and he came, you know, with his artists, I had to wrap my shit up. You know, <laughs> he had, it didn't matter. I had to, when I turned around and I seen him there, I know I had to wrap my shit up. And okay. Sometimes I would sit with him and watch him work, but then I would leave. So when they wanted to remix to, to reminisce, mm -hmm. Puffy came and told me, you know, Mary's looking for a remix to reminisce, man, put some ideas together. Mm -hmm. So I was like, bet, right? So originally I did a remix to reminisce using um, what's the scenario remix? All right, I did that. Okay. And real dope. Shit was real dope. And I took it to Puff, let him hear it, you know what I'm saying? And so he was like, that shit is all right. I went and did another one. Just some mm -hmm. other shit. He playing, you know, some keys. I did another one, gave it to Puff. And he was like, um, you know, all right, cool. So a couple of days after that, I'm in the studio with Tony Dofat, right? And 
and he was like, he said to me, he said, yo, man, because Tony Dofat did what's the 411 on the album, the original. The original with Mary and Grand Poobah, mm -hmm. Tony Dofat had produced that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he came to the studio and he was like, yo, um, he said, yo, I got to do this Mary J. Blige reminisce remix and I don't even have an idea. I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to do, right? And he told me that, you know, my ego, I was like, word? So I was like, yo, I'm going to go to the store, I'll be back. So I went out to the phone booth and I called Puff and I said, yo, Puff, you so much on this nigga's dick that you're going to let him do the remix and he don't even have a fucking idea. And I just gave you two hot joints. You know, he was like, what you talking about? And I said, I, he just came to the studio and told me he doing the Mary J. Blige re Reminisce remix. And, but he just told me he don't even have no, like he ain't even play nothing. You know, you, right. you that much dick. What type you know? of shit is this? Yeah. And so Puff was like, yo, she requested him mm. because he did what's the 411. She requested him. What the fuck you want me to do? So mm. that was the end of it. I was like, all right, cool. About a week and a half later, Puffy calls me. He said, yo, man, I need your help. It's an emergency. And I was like, why, what's up? He said, yo, this nigga Tony started the Reminisce remix. And then Tony got a project with Latifah doing six songs on Latifah's album. And she had to fly him out to Cali or whatever she was at. And he bounced to go do that and left Puff with a half done remix and shit, right? And so he said, yo, he started it his halfway. And I, yo, I got a deadline, B, please, man. I need you, to, I'm gonna send a call for you. Please come down, man, and just finish it up for me, right? And I was like, see what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you gonna have this nigga do it and he leave you with the ball and now you calling me to come bail you out. And he was like, yeah, I know, I whatever, man, I just need your help. I said, all right, yo, I said, yo, listen, nigga, I'm gonna need X amount of money. Mm -hmm. He said, whatever money you need, I got you. I'm sending a call right now. And I said, all right, cool. So I went down and what they had did was they had looped sucker MCs, the drums for sucker MCs. Mm -hmm. But it was slow, you know, reminisce, was a, it was a slow, it wasn't like, it was slow. And that's all they had was just the drums loop. Mm. You know, so I was like, okay, you know, back then used to rent shit. So I was like, listen, I'm gonna need an SB 1200. I'm gonna need a, 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 a Triton keyboard and I'm gonna need this rolling sound, mind you. You know, they, they rented all of my shit and yeah. I stood for about three hours playing keys and adding shit to the, to the sucker MCs. And then after a while I said, man, fuck this shit, man. I remember I said, fuck it. And went mm. outside sitting down in the lounge and you know, he was like, how's it going? I said, yo, man, I'm not, you know, my mind said, I was like, yo, I'm not giving you back the money, but I can't finish with you. <laughs> I was like, the shit is trash. I told you from the beginning, you should have let me do it, but yeah. you going to get to do it. That shit is trash, man. That fucking idea is trash. You know what I'm saying? You should have let me do it, right? He was like, but I didn't like your ideas. I said, oh, wait a minute. You told me that it was, was Mary requesting him. Now you telling me you didn't like my ideas. And he was Oops. like, yo. I didn't like your ideas and shit, man. You know, if you would have came up with something better, he said, so if I if, if 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 I told you to do your own version right now, what would you do? I said, yo, you know what I would do? I would put that shit generation, generation, rep generation. Don't 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 new generation. Yeah. And his eyes lit up. He was like, yo, you got that record? And you know, that's how that shit came about. Mm. But you know, like I said, as a facilitator, you know, I told him, I said, you know what would be dope as I was putting the, the, the track together? I said, you know what would be dope? Um, 
since CL Smooth and Pete Rock got that reminisce over you was out right now, I said, if you was able to get CL Smooth to rhyme on this shit, that shit would be dope. And then I'll throw a little bit of the horns from reminiscing it, you know what I'm saying, in and out, that'll bring it over the top. And again, he was like, oh shit, you know? So he was like, yo, I'm gonna make that happen. And I remember, I think I had to go home for something. I went home and I came back, maybe about two hours later, came back, Steel Smooth was in the studio with a pen and pad writing. And again, I had never read, I, that was my first time meeting CL Smoke, but I came in and CL was in there with a pen and pad. So I was like, damn, this nigga can make shit happen. And and that, that, that was it. But then, but then when the remix came out, it had him credited. Tony Dofat is credited with the remix. So, you know, I was livid behind that shit. I mean, I was like, yo, I don't mind sharing the credit with you, but, but this motherfucker, he didn't have nothing to do with it. How do you let this shit happen? Now I gotta share my fucking credit with this motherfucker. And, you know, just keeping it real, a couple of months ago, he put it up on his Instagram page as, you know, I'm glad I was part of this project. You know what I'm saying? And I DM'd him like, yo, stop playing yourself. Stop playing yourself. That's why too, man, I do this podcast because a lot of misinformation is out there, Wes, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, especially with the bad boy stuff, you didn't know who necessarily did what because a lot of names were omitted and Puff was on a lot of stuff that he necessarily didn't you know, he was just pressing some buttons and giving ideas. And we got to give Puff his credit for that because that's what he did bring to the table. He he would be like, yo, how about this idea? And if you had an idea, yeah. he was the f- facilitator. He, he could make that ideas. happen. Yeah, he was a master of that, man. Right. And that's why I never, I never really cared about sharing credit with him because he played vital roles. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, those are the two main, we did a lot of other remixes, but the two major, with Dolly My Baby and Reminisce. Yeah. And you look at the credits, we share the credits, but with Reminisce, it says, it said remixed by Sean Puffy Combs, Tony Dofat, and Jesse West. Like his name came before mine. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, when I, you know, it was Mary J. Blige, I couldn't wait to go to Tower Records to get it. You know, yeah. could you, like, yo, is that Puff is like, it's at the record shop. I run to the record shop, I go get it and shit, and I pull it out the bin and I'm looking, hey, let me see my name, let me see. Oh, and shit. see this. On it, you know oh, what I'm saying? Shit. Before mine. So, you know, I was like, what the fuck? And I went back. I was really upset, you know. Wes, as an older producer now, what would you tell yourself as a younger producer? What, what advice would you give yourself to avoid shit like that? Learn more of the business. Mm-hmm. You know, get your head out of just, I'm an artist. I, I you know, I just want to be in the studio making beats all day. I don't really want to, you know, let, let the puffies deal with that. You know, be more mindful and more intelligent and 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 have a better business iq like that's that's what advice i would give a, a producer today you know what i'm saying your your yeah. business iq your knowledge of the way things work the way things work today is not the same way it worked back then but however going on now you want to develop a a, a sufficient business iq you know and and yeah. understand that you are the source that mm-hmm. everything revolves around you because back in them days, a the manager would fuck around and make you make it seem like you work for him. For real, you know? for sure. Then, you know, he's paying your bills and he's doing all that shit. Like when, when he's really working for you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's what I would have done differently. And I would have also 
been a little more farsighted, you know, have more of a goal. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't back then. I didn't have no real, no real future goal. You know, my, 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 my I was day to day. It was like I to a mold. It was like if I can live like this for the rest of my life, I'm good. It never yeah. was. What's the next level? What's mentors, next bro. Level? Mentors. We needed mentors. A lot of us. It yeah. sounds like what you're saying, and I'm I'm a product of that too. We all needed mentors, you know. So it's it's all you know. It's, it's you know learning. Knowing is half the battle, as they say, and what you go and do moving forward. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Wes? And, you know, I, and, to I, I, real, and to keep it real, I never saw myself as making millions of dollars. You know, and if and it's it's, it's a fact. If you don't see it, you, it you're not right. Correct. Saw that. I saw right where I'm at right now. I'm making Correct. twenty-five thousand dollars a month, thirty thousand a month. I'm good. You know, if mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is my level, and all I need to do is keep maintaining this by doing what I've been doing. This is how I'm maintaining this. I wake up every day and make beats. Let me just continue waking up every day making beats. I never looked and go and went. Okay, so how can I go to the next level to make this million? You know, and how can I go? I thought that that was a natural process because I was getting more and more work and everything that I did was big. You know, like my discography is not, it's not quantity. It's quality. But if it's you quality. look at it and everything was a hit, everything it's, I did. Let me, let me, let me jump up to nine seven real quick because then you, you mess around and do this right here. Well, we'll stop that for a second before I did that. Yeah. I talk did, to me. I think what you see is what you get, exhibit. You already know. And that's, you, you see, and that's the problem with this discography because it got me saying you did one before the other. But for me, they was all around, as you would say, maybe or not at the same time. Because, right. You know what I mean? But okay, so let's take it to the exhibit. Yo, that joint when I seen, okay, who did this? What is this record about? Talk to me about that joint. And that's off his um 40 Days 40 Nights album. What you right. see is what you get. And the video is just one continuous joint. Right. Never right. seen nothing like that before. Crazy record. Well, I, I had a friend, his name was Dan Tanner. He used to work at Loud Records. Mm -hmm. And he called me one day and was like, you know, exhibit is in town looking for beats. You know, can I bring them to your to your crib? You know, to, to hear some beats. So I said, all right, bring them. Again, first time meeting exhibit. So he brought exhibit. And I played a bunch of tracks for Exhibit. And when he got to the What You See Is What You Get track, he was like, yo, I want that. You know, I said, all right, I put that to the side and played more beats. And then I might have played about 20 beats for him. And after like 20 beats, he was like, he said, I didn't hear nothing else that I'm, I'm really feeling. He said, but that one that I told you I want to fuck with, put that on a cassette for me. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, bet. I put it on a cassette for him. A year later, hello? Yeah, can I speak to Jesse West? Speaking. He said, this is Exhibit. Oh, what's up, Exhibit? He said, yo, you ready? And I was like, ready for what? He said, the beat. Nigga, remember the beat? The beat that I took from you? <laughs> I said, yo, that was a year ago, man. I didn't, you know, I didn't even hear you. He was like, don't tell me you gave it away. I was like, nah, I didn't, I didn't give it away and shit, but uh, I didn't think you really wanted it. He was like, nigga, can you, when, how soon can you fly out here? And I was like, I will. He said to Cali. I said, nigga, tomorrow. What you tomorrow? You ready? Shit, any chance to get get out to Cali and get that Cali weed? Right. That, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We couldn't find it that much in New York. Right. That, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, damn, I can go to Cali and get that Cali weed. You know, tomorrow. And so I went out there, man. And um, 
you know, Jinx, Sir Jinx played a major role, you know what I'm saying? Okay. In in that record, because we couldn't clear the sample. It was a sample by Arthur Prasa, and mm-hmm. we couldn't clear it. So they had to go back in and do it live, you know what I'm saying? And um, that was where Jinx came in because Jinx is a hell of a producer. Well, it was, I don't know if he still made beats, but Sir Jinx did all that Ice Cube early shit. Sir Jinx is a, Sir Jinx is a producer. He's not just a beat maker, he's a producer. You could put him in the studio with musicians and he know what to do with them. So when they brought the live musicians in, I'm glad Jinx was there to regulate that. And you can't even tell. Like when, when I, they didn't even tell me that that's what they did, you know? So when I heard the, the master, I didn't even know the shit was played over. That's how well of a job that they did with these musicians. I had no idea that she was played over. You know, until now when I really listened and then listened to the original, I was like, oh shit, but they killed it. That's um, a great record, bro. That's a great record. Yeah. And I went out there and I never forget. Um, and this is why I'm proud of records like this, because I know my input. I never forget that the first time I sat in the studio with Exhibit, when I was getting ready to lay it down, you know, that part where you go, players, pimps. Baller, hustler, duh, 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 keep it moving. What you see is what you get. He told me, take that part out because 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 it was a it was a part where it just broke down. Boom, 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 boom. He said, yo, take that part out. And I was like, nah, 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 keep it in because on this part you could go players, pimps, ballers, hustlers, fellas, You know, I wrote the that already had it written now before I got playing. You know, because I kind of anticipated that he that was that part was going to be a question so i already had it written out so when he was like i don't like that part right there take that part out and i was like nah nah this is the part where you could go play his pen but 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 he was like word all right all right let's roll that's good that's right you're good that's it that's what we'll do man and that's how we did it you know what i'm saying and it's, it's the same thing with step into a world um talk again, to me about that so you did the exhibit joint and then step into a world. And then step into a world. Well, I might the one and the other. Honestly, I don't know which From what I'm hearing, from, from what I'm knowing, Wes, because I'm trying to be thorough here, I think it was the other way around, but who cares? Because they are all about the same era anyway. But talk to yeah. me about step into a world. Because listen, oh. I don't know how often you go to Europe, bro, but I'm over there all the time. I should live over there. Seen KRS one over there many times. Without him, when that joint comes on, break dancers are coming out the roof ceiling from the basement. You know that's a break dancers anthem. Talk to me. Yeah, it's a song. It's 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 like my greatest hip hop song that I. It ever is. And one of the reasons for it is because it's the type of song that. A hundred years from now, if somebody want, if they say pick one song that you can listen to mm. that encapsulates the essence of hip hop from our era, especially the golden era that we call the 90s era, they can listen to Step Into a World. And it mm. has everything there, you know, break down, you know, uh, uh, the, way we, the way we superimpose hit records into our shit. Karis one, the, the spitting, the bars, you know, everything, you know, mm-hmm. the, the feeling it's a classic hip hop beat. That's a classic. That's a beat that before there was an MC, that was a beat that we played in the jams. That, that beat, 
that that's from that's from his third album it's it's the i got next album and it's the old deborah harry joint the rapture joint right and and then the it's champ uh, champ right yeah talk to me talk to me how'd you get with chris okay i got with chris he was working at the time he was working with commissioner gordon okay okay and you know, Gordon told me, you know, Chris is looking for beats. He's going to be down at Jive Studio. Mm-hmm. Beats come through with the beats. Mm-hmm. Now, before Gordon told me this, I was at the tunnel one night where Flex was playing. And it was late and it was clearing out. The tunnel was clearing out. And I was back there. I had one last split I wanted to smoke. And I was back there smoking the split while it was emptying out. And Flex, or whoever was DJing, they put on a, um, remember Grandmaster Flash used to have a mix. Everybody over there. Get on to it. Everybody just pants. Mm-hmm. And he played that. And when he was playing it, I was sitting there, I was right under the speaker and I was listening to it and I was going, yo, these fucking drums, man. I wish I just had the drums by itself, right? And I said, you know what? Now this is three, four in the morning. I said, you know what? When I get home tonight, I'm gonna pull that record out and I'm gonna just chop the drums. I'm gonna just make like, I don't hear nothing else but the drums and I'm gonna just, cut the kick snare hi-hat like it's just a drum on my SB 1200 and just play some shit. So I did that and I played, I made it just a quick four bar loop. And I was like, you know, I listened to it and I was like, yo, this is a dope chop. And at the time I was signed Atlantic. So at the time we working on an album, I'm like, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take this because Pete Rock used to do it in between his songs. He would play a beat. He would fade a beat in and out for like 20 seconds as an interlude. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to fade it in and out as an interlude in between mm-hmm. songs on my album. But again, like I was telling you with Puff, when I went to the studio to play beats for Karis One, I had it on the deck. So I'm fast forwarding and stop to see what's on. Okay, next beat, you know, till I find the beats I'm gonna play for him. And I stopped on it and I only let it play like, maybe about not even 10 seconds, I let it play. Now, KRS is there, all these people, um, Jeff Finster, that was the head of a and I know Jive. Jeff, yeah, I know Jeff. So yeah. they were all there and I played it, you know, for about almost 10 seconds, stop, went on to the next one, man, and played like another beat, right? And you know, KRS, how he be looking with his eyes and you know how KRS be talking, <laughs> he, said, he said, that beat was, that beat you just played was nothing. Well, what about that beat before mm. with the chance you want to let me hear? And I was like, oh, you want to hear it? And he was like, yes, we want to hear that. Mm. And I played it all, and then, you know, I played it. You know, I had it a four bar loop for about 30 seconds, a minute or something. And I played it. I played the whole thing. Then when I stopped this shit, he was like, that's the one right there. That's the one. And I was like, you want this, this one? He was like, yes, that's the one. Yo, you know. Give me your information. Who's your lawyer? You know, which was Marv Allen at the time. He was like, who's your lawyer? And who's this and who's that? And, you know, we're going to get this going. So I was like, all right, bet. And I remember my man True Color was with me. And we was on the West Side Highway going back to the Bronx. And True Color was like, yo, you about to do a joint for Karis One. Why are you so down and shit? I was like, I said, because he, because out of all the fucking beats I played to him, he picked the most simplest bullshit beat. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, I don't understand these motherfuckers, man. Like, I play orchestral type dope I'm shit. Out. Shit I'm with all the elements. And he plays something, it's loop, basically. 
a loop. I said, yo, it took me. I went no. home drinking and smoking weed, hanging out, partying all night, and did that shit before I got to bed in 15 minutes. And those are how the hits come, Wes. That's right. That's right. So he those had are how that, the hits come. I really was mad that he picked that track. Man. Now I really tell me, like, now tell me, when does the girl come on it? When when does okay, Shorty so come now, on it? So now, as I go and lay it down, yes. he's saying that, um, you know, he wants, he's telling me he wants um, something that is familiar to sing on it. And I okay. was like, fine, I'm like, singing on a KRS track, this nigga <laughs> is fucked. But you know, if that's what he wants, then fuck it, that's what he you know, my mind, I'm like, I don't agree that they should be singing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I was telling them it should be some hip hop shit. Like some, you know, this is a back in the day hip hop beat. Your hook should be some back in the day hook hip hop shit. And he told me, he said, I already got that. He said, I'm gonna do yes, yes, yo. You don't stop. KRS one, rock on. You know, and I was like, that's dope. He said, but it needs something else. So I'm gonna bring the girl and her name was Kiva. It was a girl at Gordon. K Kiva Holman. Kiva, right. Kiva Holman. Yep, yep. So he brought he brought Kiva in. Yeah. And he told me, listen, she's gonna go in the booth and she's just gonna sing different shit. I want you to sit here. And you know, if you hear anything you think is dope, you know, then let me know. And he mm. left and left me and Kiva in there. Mm. So Eva was singing shit, you know, she was singing something. Now, mind you, I'm 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 a little like, this is a this is a waste of time. And plus, when I hear her voice, I'm like, she's very talented, but I'm like, her voice, this is you've been around Mary. You you've been around Mary. Yeah, no, yeah. well, well Keith was nice like a Mary too, but I'm just yeah. saying to, with this track on top of this hard ass track, yeah, yeah. With that soft voice, I was like. So she's singing shit, you know, and I'm like, yeah, sing something else, you know. And meanwhile, I'm just, you know, just listening to beat is playing and she's just singing random shit, mm. you know. She got to the rapture. Mm. I never, I'll never forget, she started singing it, man. And I was like, I stopped. I said, whoa, sing that shit again? I said, I'm gonna play the beat, sing that shit again. And she was like, well, what, what you want me to sing? I said, just sing the, you know, just sing what you were singing. She was singing the original, you know, rapture, mm -hmm. just singing. That. I said, sing that shit again. She sang it. Then I was grabbed the pen and paper and I started writing Step Into a World Where Hip Hop Is Real. And, you know, cause I wrote the hook. My so head I just, is blown, bro. My head is blown, bro. You know Get out of here, bro. So I just wrote the hook. Wes, all of this, Chris wasn't even, you know, he was doing his thing. He had a lot of shit he was doing out outside yeah. of the line. Yeah. He left us in there, locked the door. He because Chris was the type that'll that'll leave you and somebody in there because he wants something to happen and tell everybody don't go in there. You know, tell the engineer, lock the door, don't let nobody in. So it was just me, her, and maybe an engineer and an assistant. And I wrote, you know, uh, step into a world where hip hop is real and you know, where MCs and DJs build up their skills as we further well uh, for the uh, prepare. But I don't I don't remember all the lyrics, but I know I wrote <laughs> crazy. And I wrote it and went in there and gave it to her and she sang it. And when that was the first time when she sang it that um I knew it was a hit record. After she finished, I was like, yo, this shit here. And I went and got Chris and I came in and and, and I was like, Chris. I'm gonna listen to what we got and shit. 
And when we played it, you know, Chris, he, he just, he, you know, Chris was the type, he listened to it. And then he just looks at you with the device and he goes, that, yes, Jesse, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's it. Talking. You know, Whoa. good shit. You know, and then I remember I said, and then after that, I said, by the way, you know, because that day when I went home, when I was mad that he only picked it, because remind you, like I said, it was only a four bar loop. It was really nothing to it. So I said, all right, since this is what it's going to be, I might as well go home and and and, and spice it up a bit. Um, so that's why um, I went home and put all the drum rolls. So, you know, when they go bam, boom, boom, bam, boom, champ, and all that shit, yeah. it didn't, when he, he didn't have all of that. I just went home later and added all of that shit to it. Mm. So I came and I was like, yo, I did some different shit to the track. Like I added some some drum rolls and shit. And he was like, show me what you're talking about, right? And I played him some of the different, because it was like four or five different, it's like four or five different breakdowns in that record. Love it. And I was calling and shit. And he was like, you know, that's dope. I said, yo, so I need to know the format of your, your rhymes so I know when to bring them in. He said, bring them in whenever you feel like bringing them in. I said, okay, you know, so I just randomly said, all right, fuck it, put it here. You know, you know, and I'm gonna do another four bars, I'm gonna put it in here. I'm gonna do eight bars, I'm gonna put this pattern in right there. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe another eight bars, I'll put the, the second pattern in right there. And I just laid it down like that, you know, cause he said, yo, put them wherever you feel like putting them. I said, all right, and that's what I did. And when you listen to the song, it sounds like they coming in in the, in the, in the right places. Yeah. Love that record. The word on that note, Wes, we just gotta, I just gotta give him a little bit of it before we wrap this up, Wes. You see how, you see how the drum roll ends right on her grab, <laughs> bang, mm -hmm. bang, bang. Mm -hmm. I just had put that shit in randomly, you know what I'm saying? And it mm -hmm. just felt like that. I mean, it just, it just felt like that. It just, it was just meant to be, you know, and that's the song. It's been 25 years and um, I make money from that song every year. You know what I'm saying? I, I imagine, bro. It's been licensed. It's been licensed in about six actual movies in the theater. Mm -hmm. It's been licensed on DVD. They license it for two uh, NBA 2K. You know what I'm saying? Um, right now they're playing it on uh, Fox Sports. You hear, you hear it in the background. You know, so I know that there's some dough coming for for that because I already took care of all of that. Yeah, of course. It's it's like an evergreen for me, man. It's just yeah. it doesn't stop. It's and your day one. It's that in the money I made off of sales and cannabis. You know what I'm saying? That's, it's, that's, that's your real hip hop. That's your day one effects, bro. You know what I'm saying? They they they, they just yeah. used my joint in um Wu Tang Saga and they used it in um the Callan Kaepernick joint Black and White. So oh the you, new joint, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So for you, that's 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 forever and ever. Wes, what you got going on now, man? Before we before we wrap this up. 
But right now, man, I just, you know, these days, man, I, I, I make music every day, you know, mm-hmm. and I do it, I do it mostly almost exclusively out of the love. And 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 what I found that um by me not worrying about selling a beat, mm-hmm. worrying about it being part of a project, is it gives the quality of what I do. Uh, um, things just come along, you know, like like the album before Chris, this one I did another song with him on the album that he put out before this. Um, I did something with um, uh, Positive K. Yeah, know, I know. Why. Yeah, yeah, you worked with Positive, you worked with Chris again, another joint called It's, it's All Good. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did the one that that he had put out a mix, like a mixtape, and it was the first beat on it. I did a, I, I did a, I did a. You know, a lot of people don't know I did an album with Bumpy Knuckles too. Mm-hmm. A crazy Underground album, King, Underground King. Yeah, we did some crazy shit, man. I did the whole album. Um, What's know, the name of the album? It's called Music from the Man, Volume One. Okay. So he okay. his concept is that you know he's going through producers and doing whole albums with specific. Oh, I, I think we on that album as well. He's been working on it for a minute though. No, no, no. He now now he's doing. I'm and I'm about to submit a track for that too. That he sent me a beat. Now what he's doing is is songs that he produced. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. But uh, um, but even then when I was working with him, I knew that he had production skills because when yeah. I would go to his he would play beats that he was working on. And I was always telling him like, yo, you could be doing your own shit, you okay. know, but he, you know, he just respects certain producers and what they bring out of him. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. And, you know, I'm glad I got to do that project with him. Um, you know, that, that, was a, that was a dope project, even though it's still underground and a lot of people don't know about it, you know, but um, yeah, that, that's about it, man. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I, I, I just started picking up the pen again. Okay. So, you know, Dipping in, dipping into that man, and see if I could come up with something that, you know, I feel where it makes sense. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would listen. I know a lot of people; they're gonna want to hear yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. But to me, I have to listen to the finished product to find out if it makes sense. Because sometimes through through the years, all of these years, I've recorded myself, and then when I listen to it, I'm like, I don't, I don't like it. You know. Well, you know, Wes, you're your own worst critic, so. You know, mm-hmm. send them to me. Let me hear them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm your biggest <laughs> fan, Wes. So you know, stop you know playing with life. You know what it is? It's about passion, man. And, and I, I lost the passion for being an MC a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I never lost the passion with making the beats because that was my bread and butter. All the money I made as an MC, I made money by getting signed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, none, of, none of my records as an MC sold mm-hmm. to where I made money from it. All of them, the the, the 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 thousands and the hundreds of thousands that I made in this game was was off of beats, you know. So that I always had a passion for that, and mentally I knew that this was making the beats is something that I can do. I'm 53 years old now. I already already knew that making beats is something I can do until I can't do it no more. Yeah. But I can't MC mm-hmm. until I can't do it no more. You know what I'm saying? Um, that was always my thoughts. We nowadays, brothers like us, we the we the last of the real hip hop. You already. We the last of the real hip hop. You know, when 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 we gone, um, it's gonna hip hop is gonna morph into what it's gonna it's gonna morph into. You I don't. It's, 
the young kids nowadays with the, the drill music and all the music, I mean, yeah, I understand the flaws in it, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying, what we was doing. But I also understand that um, if I was 15, that's what I would have been listening to. Of you course. Know? Of course. If, Listen, Wes, I don't, I already know, and my saying is we've already, we, we turned into our parents, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't expect you to be really digging what's going on right now, like that beat wise or production wise. And, you know, because we're from a different era, different cloth, you making some totally foreign from what's going on now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 You know what I'm so saying? We the so ones, we the last ones then. And because I feel like my age, like my problem with, 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 with rhymes right now for me, it's not what I'm writing. I think I'm writing the best stuff that I've ever written in my life mm -hmm. because I'm older now. I'm, I've lived more, you know, it's more intelligent. It's more, you know, uh, uh, because it's not all just braggadocious. You know, I was one of those braggadocious MCs. I didn't really rhyme about anything in particular except the No Prisoners album. You know, that was the public enemy era. So the yeah. No Prisoners album, you look on the cover, I'm Malcolm X on the cover. Yeah. So that was my subject matter. That's where I kind of stayed. And then, you know, I, I think I was one of the first to use the term hardcore, you know, so to me, hardcore was just with your rhymes, you know, it wasn't like horrible. It was, you know, just, yeah, it was just, it was just hardcore. hardcore. Yeah. But, but it was free, you know, because in our era freestyle meant that you could talk about anything. It didn't mean top over your head, yeah. top of your head. The, the younger kids, when they hear freestyle, they thinking that, you rhyming off the top of your head. But for us, it just meant that you didn't have to maintain it. Your style was free. Like you didn't yeah. have to maintain a yeah. subject. Yeah. So when you just rhymed about yourself and your rhyme skills, that was freestyling. You know, that was like, if I'm just solo, um, because we come from the group era too. So freestyle mm -hmm. was like, I'm like solo. And right now, even though we up on stage as a group, now I'm going to rhyme about me and not just the group. So I'm freestyling. Mm -hmm. That was the concept. You know, but then afterwards, you know, after I met your cats and, you know, I met a lot of a lot of MCs, man, that I know was influenced by what I was doing, you know, and I know and they know like 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 Buster Rhymes, even, you know, um, but at the same time, you know, mentioning Buster at the same time, I was influenced by him, too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like a 360. I was in. You know, there was things that he brought to the table that blew my mind mm -hmm. that incorporated into what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people come up to me and tell me, and, and I know certain things. It, it doesn't really make me look at him a certain way or nothing because that's that's the way it goes. It's kind of like the same, like I'm not ashamed to tell anybody that Biggie changed my life. It was like I changed my whole style that night after hearing him. That night, I changed my whole style. And that style that I changed into, that I morphed into, was the one that had you, you know, when the first demo you heard, you was like, oh my God, yo, my God, yo, let me, I gotta let Parrish hear this. And then next thing you know, Parrish is calling me. I didn't know, I didn't know EPMD. I met EPMD yeah. too, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Next thing I know, Parrish is calling me. You know, I, I wake up at that time, his squad was just the biggest, mm -hmm. you know, and I wake up on a tall bus and I'm like, every member of his squad <laughs> is sitting down listening to my shit. Yeah. And this is all shit that I did a day after meeting Biggie Small. None of my shit. That's why you never heard nothing. 
before that because none of my music sounded like that initial demo, you know, and that led to, that led to, you know, Craig Mack, Heavy D, uh, 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 Buster Rhymes, you know, that, 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 like, cause I remember when y'all did Arsenio Hall, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all did Arsenio Hall with Tribe Called Quest, right? Mm -hmm. And you was out of Cali and I was talking to you out of Cali. And I said, yo, they, you was like, Buster Rhymes is here. He came to the room to see us. And I was like, word. I said, yo, you let him hear my shit? And you was like, yo, the nigga got his ear in the speaker right now listening to your shit. And I was like, word, he's feeling me? You said, let me repeat that shit to you. The nigga is ignoring us right now. His head, his head is in the speaker listening to your shit, right? And, and then I never forget, a couple of months later, when, when, when uh, a little bit after that, when we were doing a bunch of niggas, when he came to the studio to record his first for Heavy D, bunch of niggas, that was the first time I met him. And I remember he came in and, like, I, I had already been influenced by him before I met him. You know, because when he did the What's the Scenario remix, and he was like, uh, 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 on the mix, he went, <laughs> you don't remember that part? But he just I do, of course. Stop. Of course. Just that little shit right there blew my mind that the nigga stopped in the middle of his vibe and went, uh -huh, uh -huh. Mm. You know, me and Puff was bugging off of that. Mm. It may seem like a little thing, but, but you know, just him doing that, just him doing that made me incorporate shit like that into for my- me, you know, For me, for me, and we gonna wrap West cause we could be here for right. another two hours with you. But for me, as an MC, Kane did that for me. When I heard Kane and he said, uh, and then he said, um, okay, I can't remember the rhyme right now, but Kane, when he was rhyming and he he would, he would, and he would go, he, the man sucked his teeth in the middle of the rhyme, rap a step, you know, they want to, no, forget about it, forget about it. So I know what you yeah. mean with bus, like yeah. certain things we all took from each other and just learned, you know what I'm saying? But listen, yeah. Wes, I, I, I can't thank you enough, man. Like I said, we could, we, I could, thank be, you, brother. we could be here for, we're going to do a part two, Wes. How about that, man? Because we we just yeah. getting warmed up, bro. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. We just getting warmed up. I gotta thank you for coming through, man. You did some of the Yo, greatest I records. Yo, I appreciate you for reaching out. You know, from the time I seen you, was definitely I was definitely happy to see you. I'm sorry I didn't get to see the brother books. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, 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 books. yeah, yeah. The brother school. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, you already. I saw him when y'all was up on stage. Yeah, and I was trying to get back there, man. And you know. To, to, to rock out with y'all, but I didn't get to see him, man. But, you know, send a brother my love. All good, man. All good. You mm -hmm. already know. We try to get our mm -hmm. own verses. I know EPMD is trying to get their verses. They're talking. So you already know we're going to link back up with you and I'll let you yeah. see you and all that. Yeah. You know? and, I'm, so. and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you up on that offer, man. When I got some things done with me spinning, I'm going to send it to you, man, because I know you keep it real. You know what I'm saying? I know you let me know what's what, you know? And Come shout on, out. Shout out to my man, New York Oil, Cool Kim, man. You know what I'm saying? From, yes. from US. I yes. like what he's doing. And yes. uh, still got, he, still, he still got that flow, man. Now, nah, let me know. tell you one. Let me tell you one of my favorite rhymes from Cool Kim and before we go. And I, I used part of it, and then I went into a whole nother rap. But do you remember this brother had a rhyme that said, A is for Apple, B is for bitch, C is for them corny motherfuckers get getting rich, D is for something, 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 C is for the, yo, when you see Kim, I'm a, I gotta call Kim, yo, 
ask them to spit that rhyme to you. A is for apple, B is for bitch, C is for them corny motherfuckers getting rich, D is for, D is for that dick who think he's so slick, C is for that something to do. One of the illest rhymes in the world. Yo, Jess West, I love you, man. You one love of the you, illest. You wanted the Ellis yeah. to ever do it, bro. Thanks for joining the yeah. podcast. We're going to do it again, uh, bro. Absolutely, man. Peace. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of the Producers Podcast, produced by my guys Raj and Vic at the Creative Content Agency. I couldn't do it without them. Big shout out to them. If you like what you heard today, please share it with everybody that likes to hear about these kind of stories behind the beach with these amazing producers. Also, if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rate and review also for the crew over at Spotify. You know what I mean? Please do what you do over there. Listen, follow me at my social site, you know what I mean? At Crazy Drazy, that's K-R-A-Z-Y-D-R-A-Y-Z. Leave me some messages, leave me some questions, leave me some ideas, you know, I'm gonna holler back at you because that's just what we do at the Producers Podcast. Hey, yo, once again, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Peace.